coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from AO Studio. Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. And man, we got so many headlines for you today. Uh, we got Charles Masson, who's joining us on the in route. But man, we got to begin today's show with a bunch of headlines. A bunch of Game 7s in hockey. The Rangers were beat by the Devils. The Bruins were beat by the Panthers. Uh, and the defending champion Avalanche were beat by the Kraken. <laughs> Z, which series surprised you? Which series disappointed you? And which team has the best chance moving forward? That's a great question. So if we're going to really, I mean, disappointment, you have to be disappointed with the Rangers as a Ranger fan. But you're up 2-0. You go to the Prudential Center, you put 10 on the Devils, <laughs> and then they just turn the afterburners on and they leave you in the dust. So Chris Drury needs to retool. He needs to get faster because they could not handle the speed. Kane looked like he was skating in mud. Yeah. And Aaron did not show up. Game seven, nobody showed up because they got shut out. About Gerard Gallant. Where do they go from here? Do they bring in Daryl Sutter? If Joel Quenville gets cleared by the league, do they hire Joel Quenville? Or do they stick with Gerard Gallant? I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Um, surprising? The fact that it's a toss-up. You have a choice between a generational-type team, or so we thought, and the reigning defending Stanley Cup champion. You cannot, you you cannot be more disappointed in the Boston Bruins, right? And this is setting a trend. Every team now in every single major sport that has the all-time wins record for a season got bounced. None of them have a championship. Patriots bounced. That seventy-three win Warrior team bounced. The Mariners team bounced. And now the Boston Bruins bounced. They let the Panthers hang around in clutch time when they needed to hunker down on D. Florida was able to to score, take it to overtime, and all bets are off. Game 7 overtime, all bets are off. So that flushes an all-time great season down the tubes. And Colorado, you know, Colorado's been missing Landis Gog. Like, we knew about, we knew about Andre, about uh, Alexander Georgiev. Like, we knew about him. And kudos to the Kraken. Like, they took it to him. They punched him in the mouth. They they cracked him in the mouth. And the Avalanche could not respond. But what am I looking forward to moving forward? Now, you have Kraken Stars. You have Devils Canes. That should be very interesting. 
the Hurricanes are already up 2-0 on the Devils. And we're going to see what happens there. I personally, there are enough ex-Rangers on the Carolina Hurricanes that we can, you know, it's like rooting for Rangers South. You have Panthers Leafs. Like, are you rooting for the Leafs at this point? Like, are, is it the... It, it should have got off the pot side, but have they become a sentimental favorite? And then you have Vegas and Edmonton, right? You have Connor McDavid, should have got off the pot time for Connor McDavid. If he's as good as people say he is, he should be able to slay this dragon and move on to the next round. But there's chaos right now. There's a lot of chaos right, chaos right now. A lot of the favorites are gone. And I'm here for it, right? I am here for this. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna take a little different approach. Um, I am super surprised at the Rangers and the Devils. I mean, like you said, we we outscored them ten to two in the first two games, and then we were spectators for the next for for four L's. Like yeah. all those games they lost, they were spectators for those games. They didn't score goals. Nobody did anything looking slow. I know the Devils are fast. We look, the Rangers look slow, and it was just, it was just extremely surprising. I mean, like I thought we were up 2-0 going to Madison Square Garden. Thought, thought for sure it was gonna, it was gonna wrap in five games, maybe six games. Then we go back to the Garden. Rangers pull out a win and go to, go to Jersey and just forget how to play hockey, man. And yeah, I get. Patrick Kane's hurt, he got a bad hit, but I don't want to hear that shit. You can't get a goal, dude. You can't get you can't get an assist. Like where were you? Where were you? Um Artemi then, Panarin, I'm looking at you. Like that, you know, you're getting paid a shit ton of money. You you are the leading point getter and you don't show up in the playoffs. Like that's that's inexcusable. And then as far as disappointment, I, I I'm disappointed in the Bruins. Because you're the you won the Presidents Cup. You're the best best regular season hockey team in the history of the NHL. You're you're up three games to one. Then you're winning in game seven, heading into the last minute. Uh-huh. And I get Bergeron's playing with herniated Bergeron's playing with herniated disc. Reggie's hurt, but dude. Playing the Panthers, man. I think they were what 45, 50 points better than them. Yeah, that's well, disappointing. That... And you, and you want, you know, I want to see the best teams advance. And you know, in hockey, it happens. Eight seeds beat ones, like five beats four. So I just wanted to see this team. I wanted to see history. I wanted to see this team go on. I wanted. To, I enjoyed watching the Bruins play. I'm a Ranger fan, but I enjoyed their style of hockey, their brand of hockey. They were just beating people to a pulp all year long like nobody could skate with the Bruins and to see them go out in the first round of the Panthers ugh <laughs> oh man and then as far as who's got the best chance of going forward I mean hey man I like the Kraken I mean they they play hard they play all three, you know three periods um but yeah I'm with Edmonton I'm with and the Devils I mean the Devils can skate man Hughes is just ridiculously he's so fast he skates himself out of his skate sometimes and slips and hurts himself um so he does but you know the, the devils are fast but say what you will the carolina hurricanes do what the rangers do not and that's play defense they play defense with a ferocity 
They Slavin, Brady Shea, they are loaded for bear on the back end. The Rangers were starting three kids. Right? They were starting oh, Miller, they're starting don't, Schneider. Don't even go there, dude. Dude, there the Rangers were sloppy. The turnovers were terrible. They why? they didn't hustle. I don't know why? why. I have no idea why. You think it has to do because they're young kids? Yes. And the moment was too big. Maybe. The moment was too big. Braden Schneider barely got a cup of coffee last year in the playoffs, and now he's asked to play big minutes. He can't handle it. He's not there. He's 21. He's not ready yet. So, meanwhile, Carolina has a veteran season team, and they play defense, they forecheck, and they've got speed. They can match the Devils player for player. And when you break it down, they're number one seed for a reason. Right? Carolina, the Carolina Panthers, the, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, we're going to talk about Carolina Panthers in a second, but the Hurricanes are a problem. So if I'm projecting, I got to say... You're projecting, I'm projecting. I'm going to project. I'm doing it. It's going to be <laughs> Carolina versus the Panthers in the conference finals because I still don't have belief in the Maple Leafs, right? It was the first time in, you know, God knows how long, 20-something years. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not been exactly a playoff juggernaut. So I, I would go Carolina versus Florida. And then in the West, the winner of the Oilers – Golden Knights is going to represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup final. That's fair. I mean, that is, you know, that that's it. Yeah, Dallas tries hard. Kraken tries hard. The skill of either team will eventually come to fruition, and they'll overwhelm these other little engines that could. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. We're moving over to the NBA. The beam was lit by the Warriors. As the Warriors defeated the Sacramento Kings in Game 7, Steph Curry puts up 50. 50. A 50-burger in a Game 7. Sets up a matchup between the Lakers and the Warriors. Or if you just want to go, if you want to just go LeBron versus Steph, LeBron versus Steph. LeBron. So, who needs his victory more, LeBron James or Steph Curry? Well, you know, the Lakers did win last night, uh, 119-112. Big win, big big steal on the road there. Uh, you know, it's it's tough, right? So, 
it's really tough because on the one hand I'm a big defender of LeBron because he you know he did he went to he went to Miami and won two chips then he went back to Cleveland won a chip with his hometown and he beat said Warriors when they were down three games to one it, it one of the best victories all time he's gone to so many finals in a row then he goes to LA the year with COVID and he wins the championship you know so he's got four but you know the Warriors and Steph Curry they're just such a good team and you know they're striving for five right Mm -hmm. uh so to me I don't I don't think LeBron needs this victory but I will say that Steph beating LeBron I do think it hurts LeBron especially if Steph goes on to win a championship because he's it's been really Steph and LeBron over the last I'd say what like seven or eight years these are the these are guys that we're talking about when it comes to who is the face of the NBA who's the best player in the NBA and who leads the NBA and that's where I am. And on the flip side, if LeBron was to beat Steph, we would say, well, he should. Or that that makes sense. But I feel like if Steph was to beat LeBron and then win a championship, ah, man, that that's that would be a tough one to swallow. On paper, there is no reason the Lakers should be beating the Warriors. If you look at the depth of that team, uh, it's not great. It's not good. I don't like, know, Yes, man. D'Angelo Russell played out of his mind to get the Lakers to the next round of the playoffs, but uh, you're looking at D'Angelo Russell, can he bring it consistently? Anthony Davis, can he actually stay healthy? Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reed. Austin Reed has been a revelation. He's but a good. player. You know, he's a, he's a player. He he's play. good. You know, but then shout out Austin Garrett, Reeves. Shout out to Austin Reeves. Jared Vanderbilt has been a, a find. That's six. And then you have guys like Hashimura and Gabriel and Brown. That's that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Like, the Warriors. They don't need to start Jordan Poole. Right? They can cut they can throw at they can throw Jordan Poole at you. They can throw Gary Payton second at you. They have Wiggins, who I think is really gonna be the X factor in this series, right? Everybody's gonna be geeked up for Curry and LeBron. And don't be surprised if Andrew Wiggins shows you why he was the number one pick all those years ago and why How did they get is... that guy? <laughs> how, did, how did he end up on their team? How did they Angela get Andrew Russell. How did they get Andrew Wiggins, man? That's crazy. D'Angelo Russell. So this is D'Angelo Russell's revenge. So if you're looking at this, like Steph has the the better talent, right? You you figure, but like, just by an, a quick analysis, he has the more talented team. If LeBron goes in here with the with these guys and beats the Warriors, like that would be a, a, a tremendous feather in his cap because it's really that was a really a testament of will. And I would say that the Warriors are the defending champs, as we know. They're struggling with the identity of are they continuing on or 
is this the end? Are they the fading gunslinger or are they still relevant? And, you know, they are, they're in the playoffs. They're only a six seed. Now, there are teams that are even more talented than the Warriors, who are younger, who are more physical. And if they're going to hang on, I mean, this is it. Like, this is going to be, this feels like a swan song. Yeah, it definitely feels like a swan song. Feels it does feel like it's coming to an end. Um, you know, jo- Jordan Poole's good. I wouldn't say he's great. I mean, he takes a lot of wild shots. He makes he makes a lot of silly plays sometimes. Um, outside of Draymond Green, I don't really look at them as the, one of the best defensive teams. Like, I'm not afraid of Steph. I'm not afraid of Clay. Andrew Wiggins is decent, but put a body on him and kind of fades away i mean I, I think both teams have different things going for them i mean the golden state warriors they'll shoot you out of the building still and mm-hmm. when they're up they tend to stay up um they have a lot of talent but i mean the warriors i mean the, the, the lakers have lebron james and it, i hope the anthony davis right now who i think got like a 20, did he have like a twenty and twenty game or a thirty and twenty game, something like that? It hadn't hadn't happened in the playoffs since Shaq. Um, LeBron made comments after the game saying one day Anthony Davis's number is going to hang in the rafters of the Staples Center. That's 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 uh. Well, then again, Hal Gasol is up there, so I guess Anthony <laughs> Davis should be up there too, right? Yeah, um, he had, he was thirty and twenty three rebounds. I found it interesting that you know, Joel Embiid the MVP award this past week and this was the first time I think in like over 10 years that LeBron James didn't receive an MVP vote that is surprising that is extremely surprising but at the same yeah but at the same time this would be one of the years where he would deserve an MVP vote because if you look at the cast of characters around him you don't have street clothes and you, you were where you were on the outside looking in, like LeBron James willed this team into the playoffs. But it's a testament to LeBron James's will. You know, that's Michael Jordan-level will. And yes, I just evoked that. You know, I'm Dylan Brooks. I'm poking the bear. That's LeBron, <laughs> that is Michael Jordan-level will. But, you know, we're as you progress on in the playoffs, your depth becomes critical. You know, and Phoenix is going to see that very soon. Like, you're going to get tested. You're going to get in foul trouble. That's what's going to happen. And are the role players going to step up and get the job done? I don't know if the Lakers have enough role players to overcome that. And I don't know if LeBron has that much will left in him. LeBron. LeBron. I mean, the... <laughs> well, Chris Paul is hurt. Shocker. There's not, no shock face. Probably not going to make... Probably not going to play the next game or the rest of the series because it's the playoffs and that's what Chris Paul does. I actually think the Suns are pretty much done without Chris Paul. Um, but the Nuggets are legit. I mean, yo, the Joker, Jokic is just incredible. Um, I'd be interested to see what teams do to him, like what a Warriors team is going to do about him or what a Lakers team is going to do about him because this man is standing out in the three-point line to three's he's 
throwing passes behind his back. He's grabbing rebounds. He does it all, man. Yeah, well, the Nuggets are definitely going to. They definitely the Nuggets are definitely going to be in the conference finals. Like they're if they have a healthy Jamal Murray, yeah. healthy Jokic, yeah. like they, they seem to be healthy and whole. So as opposed to Mr. Soft Tissue, who's hurt yet again, like it it never ceases to amaze me that Chris Paul is the worst possible time for him to get injured, and he finds the way to do it. You know, you juxtapose that with James Harden, who's actually healthy and appears to be finally, like, in a good spot in Philly. So, you know, they blew up that Rockets team. And, you know... Don't forget, Chris Paul Paul was named one of the best 75 players in the history of NBA of all time. Just in case you're wondering, you know, with, like, names like Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, he's that good. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's ridiculous. That Not that was will add to Chris Paul. Yeah, put that put their names on on the same. same no, level. he's not even. John he's not even. No, he wishes he no. John Stockton. He's not even close on the point guard list or all time players list. No, absolutely not. But in terms of like legacy, I gotta say that you know, while this is Steph's, this appears to be Steph's swan song. I feel like LeBron needs it more for the legacy because he's chasing Jordan, right? Or, or they're trying to equate Jordan with LeBron. Nobody's doing that with Steph Curry. No. Like, no nobody's doing that. So, yeah. So, I think that in terms of legacy long-term and, you know, how he's perceived, LeBron is definitely... LeBron definitely needs this because the door's closed. You know, he's 38 years old. How many chan- How many more bites of the apple do you have? So with him, and he's not gonna he's not gonna be there for Bronny. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna be there. Like, I just think with all the miles that he's put on his body between Olympics and you have regular season play, he's been playing since he's been playing pro ball since he's 18 years old. Like you only have so much tread on the tire, you know. And you've seen it with some of the injuries that he's had. And, you know, it doesn't look good, you know, that uh, Father Time is just, he's in that rearview mirror. It's a question of how long is it going to take him to catch up. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. But... While LeBron may be at nearing the end of his career, and Steph Curry may be nearing the end of his career, a lot of guys made the initial step in the start of their career as the NFL draft took place last weekend. And it sure did not disappoint. More than 60,000 people showed up in Kansas City and more than 5.5 million people watched from home. Has the NFL draft become the best event in pro sports? 
you know, uh, somebody posed this to me, and I kind of laughed at them, and then I was like, wait a minute, they might just be right. And I say it because it is a positive atmosphere. All are welcome. It costs, it costs nothing. You know, you don't, there's no, I mean, you could go to a ticketed event during the draft, but for the most part, it's free. You can go stand on the lawn. You can go stand in a hall. You can go anywhere and then take part in the festivities. Um, and you're rooting for success, right? You're rooting for your team to get better. And uh, there's a lot of camaraderie there. There's no fighting. No, no. You know, you see jerseys of past players, current players. There's concerts. There's autograph signings. Uh, I don't know another event. It's, it's four days, three days, four days. I don't know another sporting event that levels up to it as far as how much it's going to cost you, the positive vibes that you're going to have, and the experiences that you're going to go through. In terms of a, a show, the NFL certainly knows how to put on a show. Mm-hmm. Right? The NFL draft is one of these pro- these programs. It's specifically designed for television. Like you have the human interest element of it. You know, you who is uh, you know who is you know buying their mom a house with their you know signing bonus. You have all these like background stories that you don't necessarily get with a veteran in the NFL, right? You, you're getting to meet these guys. Right? You're getting to see what they've gone through and where they're going. So it's like it's an entry way into somebody's life. You don't really get that. I mean, with other drafts, you certainly, I mean, the NBA, you kind of do. But NHL, you don't really get that. Major League Baseball draft is done in Secaucus in a warehouse. <laughs> Like, Rob Manfred is there, like, in Secaucus. Like, like, we got Madison Square Garden. Nah, give me Secaucus. Let's do this. But then you're starting to look at major events, right? Rob, it smells in here. (laughs) It's just the river. It's fine. It's just low tide. (laughs) Ah, son of a bitch. But then you're starting to compare this to other sporting events, right? Now, like best of seven series, all of that, and it's just it's just a different vibe, you know. There's no contention. Like the players are all there for a good for a good reason. That everybody is in a jovial mood, like you mentioned. People's lives are changing for the better, right? There there are no losers. Everybody wins that day. Everybody thinks that they just made the the move of a lifetime, right? Whether you're an organization or you're a player, right? Because the or- an organization is not going to take any take somebody just for the sake of taking them. They, they feel like you know best player available. This guy is going to unless be you're Pittsburgh and you're taking Joey Porter Jr. Just saying well, I, nepotism, but right? you yeah. I mean they're already linked next year to uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. So they're just trying to, they're building this group of juniors, right? It's a family affair. They have the Watts, they have the Haywards, 
Like there's a there's a, a big familial atmosphere in Pittsburgh. You know, they're, they're, they're reuniting brothers. They're reuniting brothers. Good for them. But um, the NFL draft is definitely it's it's gone from this kind of like bureaucratic event. If you if you recall Elway to Marino, it was a bunch of guys at a table with a bunch of phones. It's all in, and you're just working the phones. Now, like from the consumer end of it, it's a very, it's a big time affair. It's an absolute big time affair. And, you know, it is unparalleled. It's, a, it's amazing that we're watching. This is, to me, it's the equivalent of almost like the Academy Awards or the Grammys or something of that effect. Where you're watching for the clothes, you're watching for it's the size like you're stories. watching who wants to be a millionaire because everyone's becoming a millionaire that day. Well, if, you know what? If they were taking that, if they were taking the diagnostic exam, like that would be very interesting. That whoever is the last man standing gets to keep all the money. But um, you know, it, it's definitely, it's definitely grown. The production has gotten better, and in terms of singular events like the NFL can't do better like this is this is the pinnacle of this is the pinnacle of the offseason yeah you have the Super Bowl is the pinnacle of the play but the NFL draft is the pinnacle of the offseason yeah now on to the draft itself Bryce Young went number one as predicted by me uh, no surprise to the Panthers. However, lots of people were surprised Kentucky's quarterback Levis fell to the second round to the Tennessee Titans. Rumors circulated the promising quarterback fell because of his arrogance and his con- constant flexing of his biceps. Z, is that a reason not to draft a quarterback? And why would the Titans draft another quarterback? <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis. That's why they drafted another quarterback. But dude, but he wasted he, a second round pick on this guy. Like, who are you? Who was gonna take him? Who are you worried about jumping you? Why are you so concerned that this guy was gonna get taken by somebody else? I don't understand it. You took Malik Willis in the third round last year, just last year. You got three quarterbacks coming to camp that want to play. Are you gonna cut Ryan Tannehill in camp? Is there something out? You can trade him somewhere? Something we don't know about? Well, there's a certain po- there's a definite possibility that Brian Tannehill could be on the move. But in terms of Will Levis, uh, I mean, he he's as like Z. If you were a GM, is that a reason for you not to take a quarterback because you thought he was arrogant? and saw him flexing his biceps a lot, would you say, we're going to pass on this guy and we're going to go with Stroud instead? I don't know. This guy was number two on Mel Kuyper's Uh board. Uh He was a number two quarterback on Mel Kuyper's board. And he... Yeah, but you know what? They thought highly of Jeff George, too. Jeff George George was kind of an arrogant prick, too. Hey, Jeff George is probably one of the best passers of his time. He could throw the rock anywhere. But look at look at the career he's had. Look at the look look at the career that Jeff George had. <laughs> and just like, oh shit. Our freaking quarterback is hurt. Who's available? Jeff George. Constantly available. Constantly I can do available. I can do it, coach. <laughs> I'm gonna throw which, it over which, them there, Mountain. 
what color what color team am I throwing to today? <laughs> so like Cutler, another guy, like cut, big arm, like big arm, but a prick. So <laughs> you know, there have been plenty of guys in the NFL that have been full of themselves. Jim McMahon comes to mind, another one. But I don't know, like he's sixty-five percent completion percentage. Okay, solid. 19 touchdowns, 10 picks, just in his senior year. Is he playing yeah, the best George, competition? Jeff, first, that George, Jeff George was a gangster. Back in 1997, he threw for almost 4,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. My and man. he was unemployed the next year. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Solid, Jeff. My, my man. Constantly on those one-year make-good contracts. (laughs) Good for you, Jeff. But, you know, Levis is on the lesser... He's on the lower end of the SEC talent, right? I think they were actually 4-12 that year, too. (laughs) Oh, there you go. He did try. (laughs) And he was sacked 58 times. Oh, my God. So if this kid can have a career that was one-tenth as good as Jeff Jordan, like, we're all right. But, you know... Arrogance is one thing. Like you can be confident without being arrogant. Like you, you don't necessarily. They don't go hand in hand. You can absolutely be extremely confident in your ability, but like the the bicep flexing, like that, that just is stupid. So, you know, maybe it's an insight into the maturity why he dropped out of the first round. There, once you got late, once you were later in the round. There weren't a lot of teams that needed a quarterback anyway. That's what I'm Espe- saying. Especially like, especially once Lamar signed, you knew the Ravens weren't gonna take him. So right. So who like if you if you're the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. Why not let him fall to the third round like you took Malik Willis in the third round? Like, who were you worried was gonna take this man? That's my question. Like, what were you so nervous about? Seattle. That- I can see that. I could definitely see Seattle. Um, At that point, I mean, let's think about that. Seattle built a very good decade off of underpaying Russell Wilson. (laughs) They drafted Wilson in the fourth round, and then they uh, they underpaid him in order to get everybody else. Kind of like what the Cowboys initially tried to do with Dak, but then they had to pay Dak, and now they're in the position they're in. So, All you know, right. you, you try and get a, a good quarterback on the cheap. Right? I can see you're not paying first-round money. I can understand why they would take would take that risk. I can understand why Malik Willis was graded first-round last year. And somehow he dropped. Like, Corral. Well, and like Now we know. Now we know. But at Her, the time, I heard he, Corral had to give up his number, too. <laughs> God. Because right. uh, Bryce Young wants nine. <laughs> so he's like, but coach, I'm number nine. <laughs> no, you're not. What's your name? Who are you? Golden I don't Corral? even know who you are. <laughs> you took everything from me. You took everything from me. But, um, you know, that, that is one of the dumbest things I've heard as for why uh, a player's draft stock fell is that he was too enamored with his biceps. I think that that's probably one of the dumber things I've heard, but we've also heard really stupid reasons why guys draft stat or draft stock. Got an ugly girlfriend. What does that mean? He lacks confidence. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yes, we need we need more of Billy Bean doing draft analysis. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean I'm more concerned with the guys play. Mm-hmm. Um I thought you know, I, I looking back at the draft now, right, it's like okay. I mean, I thought Bryce Young was going to go number one, which he did. Um, you can see what the Colts are going to try and do, right? They're going to try to make Anthony Richardson like Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. they're going to do there, right? And my guess is the Texans are hoping that Stroud is just as good as Fields, right? And that that's that's what they're that's what they're hoping for. You um, hope so. Levis to me looked more like a Colt. You know, uh, I thought the Texans would have been like a crapshoot. But then I thought maybe at seven the, the Raiders might grab grab him. I thought that would have been a good move for them. They they decided to go defense. And, and you're right, maybe in the second round the Raiders spin the wheels on him. But it seems like the Raiders are they're moving forward, Jimmy G. The Raiders are spinning their wheels. The words of that true words have never been spoken, but the, the Las Vegas Raiders are spinning their wheels. But you know, there there were a couple. I mean, he's a gamble, right? Well, we've talked about how he's a gamble, and like I don't know he, if you're going to take if he's going to be a project. He's not. I'm not wasting a first round pick and paying first round money on a project. Like that just doesn't seem like a smart idea. But, you know, the Titans, you got to figure, they are, they're a crossroads. They're well, a crossroads I feel like you texted me and you're like, oh, it looks like Rables would be looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, look at the rest of that division, right? The Colts, they can't be as bad as they were last year. They just can't. Right? You, you can't, can't just, the law of averages dictate that you can't be as bad as they were. The Houston Texans are improving. I mean, if C.J. Stroud is any good, like that is definitely gonna take them over the edge. They're they did a master masterful job. Casario did a great job, and then the Jags won the division. So they're not going anywhere. You traded A.J. Brown. You let Corey Davis go. You have no quarterback to speak of, and rumor has it you're fielding phone calls on Derrick Henry. What the hell? Like, what am I supposed... I mean, if I'm... If I'm a Titans fan, what am I hanging my hat on? Seriously, what what, what is my signature? It used to be, we're going to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. Now, we looked last year, Derrick Henry was the one getting pounded. So, things have changed, and they've changed quickly. Mike Brabel, kudos for getting rid of your offensive coordinator. But... You're definitely on the hot seat, my friend. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he was looking for a new job come next year. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood.
It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutmail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderoutDNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we've got former World Bowl champion and member of New York Jets and Frankfurt Galaxy, Charles Bassan. Charles, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah you well, too, you... man. It's been a long time, Damien. Much love, my brother. My man. So, yeah, let's jump right into it. You know, the NFL draft is come and gone, so it's time for the grades. You know, who are your winners and who are your losers? You know, I, I, I'm from the Detroit area, so I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, I was kind of underwhelmed with their draft. We got B, uh, a B grade overall. Um, but, but I don't know. I Just to jump right into it, I'm really excited. I, I'm calling the Jets and the Lions in the Super Bowl. That would, be, that would be wild. Were you upset to see DeAndre Swift go, man? I mean, he was such a horse. Yeah, you know, it's... It's weird how coaches and front office people shuffle things around. Uh, if you look at Swift in his first couple years in, in Detroit, he wasn't extremely durable, and he uh, he great running back, a great talent, um, but wasn't very durable. So he was coming up on a contract year, and then you know they they went and picked uh, that kid out of Alabama at twelve. Which was kind of shocking, but yeah, you know, yeah, we'll see who it is. And we and we had a great uh, free agent signing out of Chicago, really nice third down back, uh, athletic pass catcher. And you're happy. So, you're happy with Goff. You're happy with Goff as the quarterback. There. I mean, he's he's a game. He's a good game manager. He you, you saw he was able to do that with L.A. Uh, when he was the first overall draft pick. But uh, we got that kid out of Tennessee that blew his knee out that was a you know I'm, I'm terrible with names so I played offensive lines so it took a lot of headshots <laughs> uh, but I think the Lions picked up a nice quarterback late in the draft it's very athletic and um, he can learn and he's got you know he's pretty much they're very cost effective in their first three years uh, before they go into a contract year 100%. Yeah. And do you think they have enough, especially since, you know, the Jamison Williams thing? He's he's missing the first six games because of that gambling suspension. Yeah. So saw, are they going to be able to weather the storm there? Uh, that's great. I think so. I mean, he didn't play at all last year, right? That Jamison Winston, not very much. Yeah. Uh, he was coming off in the injury. that We drafted a wide receiver, too. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel confident. Uh, with our offensive line, with our defensive line, that we'll be able to control the line of scrimmage. I love that linebacker out of Iowa that they took in the first round as well. Um, so I, I think the Lions are going to be very exciting, as well as the Jets. I mean, look at them. They had a big pickup today. What, Randall Cobb? Uh, yep. yep, he signed so with them today. The smart thing to do, someone who uh, is familiar with how Aaron Rodgers uh, plays the game and what his expect- expectations are. Yeah, that's really what was going to be my next question. You know, that was one of the big moves before the draft, the Monday before the, the draft. The Jets, you know, acquire Aaron Rodgers. Several pundits are putting the Jets in the driver's seat while others are more measured in their projections. But what are your expectations for Rodgers in New York? 
I think the New York Jets, uh, very talented team. I mean, would you guys won seven of eight of your first? You started off super hot. Uh, very talented young team. Um, like I said, I think the quarterback was the missing piece. And, you know, you, you rewind, what was it? You know, quite a long time ago, I retired from the NFL in 2008. In 2009, what New York signed Brett Favre. That's right. So... I think it's a completely different situation with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is a much better talent and still has a lot more in the tank, whereas Brett Favre was at the end. And, and Brett Favre was just trying to get to Minnesota also. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, you know, you were an undrafted free agent out of Western Michigan. The NFL has a rich history of undrafted free agents doing big things. What undrafted free agent moves caught your eye? so far and who do you think will have an, a greatest impact like kind of tell me like you know you were an un, unrestricted free agent you're undrafted free agent like what what's going through you know what are they going through right now how are you trying to figure out what team you're going to sign with how, how are you going to figure out like what what scheme works best for you how could you get to otas and how could you stand out I, you know, I, every player that is considered on these lists, and you know, I'm reading the list of you know the the, the, the draft mock of who the best undrafted free agents are. You know, if you have an opportunity to get into camp, um, even the late round picks, six and seven, they're not even a five, six, seven, they're not assured a roster spot. Um, so there's a lot of talent. It does, you know, these these undrafted free agents. Uh, are very cost effective. Uh, they come in at the league minimum. Um, and like I said, they're going to work hard. Uh, my route uh, to the NFL, I started at Western Michigan as a walk-on. So came from the bottom of the food chain up there and then, uh, you know, took that mentality uh, my through my whole career in football. You know, it's not like I was um, resentful, but you play with a chip on your shoulder. And... Uh, you know, if you get an opportunity and you can do multiple things and you're humble and you're willing to play special teams, you got a chance. 100%. And you played two seasons for the Frankfurt Galaxy in the NFL Europe and you started 19 games, you won the World Bowl. So you had you had quite the credentials there. But uh, what are some of your fondest memories of your time in that league on and um, off the field? I'm sure Damien's touched on that a bit. I mean, we were so fortunate to have... Uh, I played the last two years in NFL Europe, 2006-2007. Uh, I uh, was very fortunate to start at center and uh, as a long snapper and a team elected captain. Played with a lot of great people, a lot of great players from all over the country. And uh, we were able to put together a championship run. I mean, it, it's hard to win a championship at any level. Um, so we were extremely fortunate. Uh, just having the opportunity to go play and get film and NFL Europe was great. Um, the experience of a lifetime. And how, what was it difficult for you, you know, being away from home, being away from family, like, you know, being in, you know, in Germany as opposed to, <laughs> you know, being, you know, across the pond in the, you know, like, how did that mental toll, how did that uh, affect your game and affect you personally? You know, we, we had uh, training camp down in Tampa, all uh, six NFL Europe teams. 
and you, you know it was a five-week training camp so it, you know doing that and then a, you know a five-week NFL training camp but we started in Tampa and then we ended up in 2006 was the World Cup year so we started NFL Europe a bit early we got over there in February and uh, like I said I think the focus just like everybody it was an opportunity to to get film and to get exposure uh, it was it was four months away from your family and whatnot, but you know you, you kind of built that family with teammates and staff, and we we're a very close knit group. So um, incredible opportunity to travel and see the world, and uh, you know play some very high level football. Oh, definitely. Well, NFL Europe developed a lot of high caliber NFL players. They solid players like Brad Johnson, Jake Delone. You know, great, Vinatieri. like Kurt Warner, Vinatieri, Dante Hall. So yeah. How important is this? How important is the idea of a developmental league to the overall success of the NFL? And how can these spring leagues that are popping up, your USFLs, your XFLs, but how can these spring leagues be a true developmental system like NFL Europe was? Well, you know, the the cool thing is, is you know, these these kids and these young men are getting opportunities to play. And they're playing against great competitors and great competition. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the USFL. I think the NFL is as well. I mean, it's not a threat to the NFL by any means. It's more so um, it offers players that, you know, have proved themselves on film against professional players at a professional level. You know, so I, I think I think it's needed. Um it's essential. Um, the game of football is, is extremely different from any other sport. If you talk about it from a film point, everything is broken down and watched from different angles and hundreds of times. So, the NFL, NFL coaches are the front office's eye. You, you never know. There's always going to be a spot for players like that. Definitely. And uh, we'll get you out of here on this one, Chuck. You're a diehard Red Wings fan, from what we know. It's been a while since Titletown's seen a cup, though. What do you think of the rebuild so far, and what can the Red Wings do to get back into the mix in the NHL? I just brought some hockey into it. I'm a huge hockey fan. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to grow up through uh, the 90s and the, the Red Wing dynasty. And I was a, I was a hockey fan before I played football. I started playing football in ninth grade. So uh, hockey town, um, a lot's changed since the 24 straight years in the playoffs, making it to the playoffs. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about is Steve Eiserman writing the ship, uh, doing the general manager. He proved himself in Tampa. Um, he, he set up that program and then he came home to Detroit and Tampa ends up winning a, a, a Stanley Cup. Um, I think the Red Wings are very young. We were borderline a playoff team this year. Um, so I, I don't know. We're really excited. If we can get the Lions and the Tigers and the Red Wings all on board, um, we're a very passionate sports city, just like New York. Uh, Detroit is starving for one. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. When the Pistons were the... You know, what were they the last team to win a championship, right? So yeah, I believe so. Yes, two thousand four. Yeah, so it, it's been a while. So you know, if it Detroit sure can get back on its feet, you know, like I mean, I know the Tigers had their run, you know, getting to the World Series, but uh, you know, 
the, the Motor City can definitely uh, use a little uh, a little jump in their in their game, so to speak. But yeah, uh, Charles Bassan, yeah. And well, we'll see. You know, but Charles Bassan, thank you for coming on, brother. And do you have anything going on? Anything you wanna? Any events coming up? Any charities you wanna to uh, promote? Uh, now's the time. Floor is yours. No, no, I appreciate it very much, and thank you guys for so much for having me on on the show. Um, we're doing something kind of special here in Michigan. I work in the cannabis industry, so I'm trying to connect former players uh, in the NFL that have used cannabis and had positive outcomes via um, anti-inflammatory, not taking narcotics, uh, and, and just I think the research study for for plaque and CTE and, and head concussions. I think cannabis is going to be a huge role player. Uh, and preventing uh, those terrible outcomes. So I work in the industry. I'm a, a firm believer in holistic medicine, natural medicines. Um, and and it uh, just provides the entourage effect, which is cannabinoids, flavonoids, and terpenes working in concert to provide relief. So that's just my little spiel. I'm passionate about what I do. If we can help people, uh, we all know that there's a huge opiate epidemic in this country and in sports specifically so if we can do anything to uh, naturally heal and remedy these athletes uh, the answer is cannabis 100 and you know what that is a very very well stated very well stated passionate fleet so you know charles percent thank you for coming on brother and if you want to get in on the action, if you want to be a member of the in crowd, hit us up, mail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at Podcast, or drop us a DM on Twitter at FaderoutDNZ. And you, yes, you can be the newest member of the in crowd. Charles Massant, thank you so much for joining the in route today. And we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys very much and uh, look forward to staying in touch and, and being a follower of your great of your great show. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at FaderoutDNZ. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. boys and girls you know what time it is it is time for the alleged superstar of the week you know how it goes we put up a poll on our twitter account at fade route dnz and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote do you know who took on the coveted has trophy last week d i don't well it was a tight one it was absolutely a tight one it you had a flip of the coin really you had Patrick Kane 
to Tottenham Hotspur. But it narrowly, narrowly went to Tottenham Hotspur after that putrid performance. So, Tottenham Spurs, congratulations. You got the shout-out on this year's show, and you get the coveted-ass trophy to go with a big smiling picture of Antonio Conte saying, I told you so. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, B? All right. First up, I've got the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. Trading up for Kentucky quarterback Will Levis when in the second round after drafting Malik Willis in the third round last year. It's like, guys, you need other players than quarterbacks. Stop drafting quarterbacks. What are you guys doing? Tennessee Titans, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And next up, I've got the Boston Bruins, arguably one of the best regular season hockey teams in the history of the NHL and you lose in the first round to the Florida Panthers 3-1 series lead blown 3-2 lead in the third period of game seven blown gotta be one of the worst collapses of all time and next up I got Carlos Rodon (laughs) dude will you ever play Major League Baseball in the Bronx. Now we're hearing you have a back problem, but your your arm's better, your legs are okay. Dude, can you pitch or not? I mean, the Yankees are, I think, a game over 500 with the Game 2 series coming up against the Rays. Then they have the Padres, the O's, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Yankees have a chance to finish with the sub-500 record. Carlos Rodon, you, my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? I mean, those are all great choices, all deserving. Uh, I mean, you can go a bunch of different ways, right? You can go Bruins, you can go Avalanche, you can go Rangers. Like, all, all of them would be deserving of the medal. I'm going to go with the Rangers. The New York Rangers, you put up 10 at the Prudential Center in the first two games. You looked old. You looked slow. Your defense fell apart. Shesterkin could not save you. He's turning into Lundquist 2.0. Very odd. You're hanging him out to dry the same way you hung Henrik Lundquist out to dry. New York Rangers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Sacramento Kings, you choked away a series too. Ropes couldn't seal the deal. Malik Monk talked that shit. You talked that shit. You're home on the golf course. Steph Curry, he's playing LeBron. LeBron. So, Sacramento Kings, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Dylan Brooks again. He's back. He's back. He won't go away. Talking all that shit. Talking all that mess. LeBron is bald. LeBron is old. I poked the bear. The bear poked back. And you didn't back up. You you snubbed the media thrice. Not once, not twice, but thrice. The last being in that 40-point beatdown that knocked you out of the playoffs. 
pros take their lumps. They don't hide. And on top of that, you got fined 25 grand for the media policy. And your team came out and said they will not re-sign you under any circumstance. When has a team unequivocally said, we're not bringing this guy back? Not at, at a number. He's a good player for them, too. He uh, he uh, averaged 25 points in the playoffs back in the day for them. Because he's I been mean, a lot. Pretty sure he's been a lifelong Grizzly. I don't think he's played for the other team. Yeah, and he's been a lifelong Grizzly. But I, you see this, and you see what John Morant turned into this year. And you got to figure that they're thinking that one has to do with the other and that getting Dylan Brooks out of here is somehow going to rejuvenate John Morant. I don't know that, but that's the kind of, that's what I'm piecing together from this, but we'll see. Now, I already know where he's going. I'm, I'm, should I keep it uh, under wraps or like, or should I just, should I tell you where Dylan Brooks is going? Because you, you know, as well as I do, He's going to be on the Lakers next year. He's going to be on that team with LeBron, and he's going to be back to where he was. He will be the man once more. But for now, Dylan Brooks, you are my alleged superstar of the week. The poll goes live after the show. Go to our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominees... Just do better, boys. Just do better. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Order up. All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up our top five teams who got better through the draft last week. From five to one, who you got, D? Yeah, so I'm just going to start off with my team, and I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, man. I uh, I appreciated what they did last week in regards to signing Lamar and then drafting Zay Flowers, who I felt was the best, one of the best wide receivers in the draft in the first round. I still want to see them get D-hop, but I give them an A. Um, number four, I have Seattle, man. They got the best corner in the draft at five. Then they added a third wide receiver from Ohio State uh, at, at number 20. And so now they got their offense got better and their defense got better. 
number three, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I think B. John Robinson is the truth. I think he's going to help the Falcons compete for the South title this year, and I think he will be in conversations for rookie of the year. Number two, got to appreciate what the Texans did. Um, you know, we would just, we assumed they would get the quarterback, but, you know, coming back on, you know, trading back up to snag Will Anderson Jr., well played, Casera. Well played. And number one, I can't imagine you have a different team, but man, the Eagles, they traded for DeAndre Swift. They landed Jalen Carter at nine. And then they got the edge rod, rod, rusher Nolan Smith from Georgia later later in the draft. I, I have to imagine they're going to win the East again. What do you got, Z? I mean, all great choices. And it's very difficult to argue with the Eagles at number one. And you didn't even mention the DeAndre Swift trade. No, I did. I did. That was You did? That was the first so, thing I said, yeah. yeah. So that is a major, major coup by Howie Roseman, especially once the, the Lions revealed that, you know, they were going to take Gibbs at number 12. It's like, you, what are you going to do? What, what can I offer you? A ham sandwich? Okay, you can have it. You, you can have DeAndre Swift. But I got to say, number five, I, I'm going with the Falcons on the strength of Bijan Robinson. But this could very well be a one-person draft. You know, like, they already had a thousand-yard rusher. They already did. So... We'll see if he's that important. But, like, undeniably, the talent is there. So, the Falcons are just on the edge for me. Number four, I like what the Steelers did. You know, they moved up to take the offensive tackle. They took Darnell Washington with tight end. So, they they have a a few pieces there that I, I do like, like, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is who he is. Trash. Well, I mean, we'll see. He's got the NFL pedigree. Now, we'll see what he becomes at the next level. But, I mean, you pick up two solid players. And even Herbig from Wisconsin, he has the potential to be good. So, you know, I don't I don't bet against Coach Tomlin. And I don't bet against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number three, I like the Giants. I like what they did. You know, they needed a speed receiver. They got Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. They needed a corner. They got Deontay Banks from Maryland. Like, they got more help along the offensive line. They brought in another defensive tackle. Like, they were trying to address the glaring hole in their defense, which was their secondary. They picked up Eric Gray. What's he going to be? Who knows? Maybe he's just a kick returner. But, uh, you know, I I definitely like that the Giants are trying to address the holes. And they've certainly been able to, you know, improve that wide receiver core, which was terrible last year in terms of of depth. You have eight or nine guys potentially winning jobs in practice, in training camp. So we'll see what happens there. Number two, you got to love what the Texans did. You were able to move back up 
to number three, right? When nobody, nobody in a million years earmarked the Texans for three, right? Oh, it's going to be the Colts, or it's going to be the Raiders, or, you know, who knows? Sneaky move by Casario. Sneaky, sneaky. You got your quarterback. You got an edge rusher. Edge rusher. You have you actually have two because Dylan Horton. Who knows what Dylan Horton's going to be? But you got a few pieces from Alabama. You got another wide. You have two more wideouts. More help along the offensive line. If you're going to rebuild and rebuild quickly, stockpile those picks and start getting bodied. And that is what the Houston Texans did. Right. You can't argue with it. Now, let's see what it turns into once they take the field. And then number one, yeah. What more can you say about the Philadelphia Eagles? It's an embarrassment of riches that got even more embarrassing. Right? They needed a running back. Did they go draft him? No, they just went and got DeAndre Swift. Did they need help defensively? probably a little bit. They went and got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Did they need help on the offensive line? Maybe a little bit. They went and got Tyler Steen from Alabama. They know what they're doing. Howie Roseman has demonstrated time and time again that he knows what he's doing. And you you can't discount him, right? At this point, I think he has demonstrated above and beyond how good he is as a GM and this team is still loaded for bear this has been the fade route with DNZ thanks for tuning in tonight catch our podcast on Wednesday night on iTunes iHeartRadio Spotify wherever you listen to your podcasts so until next time stay fade everyone time for us to run the go around but we'll talk to you next week Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.